Hello, sports fans. This is Sellout Sports coming to you from Mike's apartment in beautiful, historic downtown Bennington. I'm Tori Rich, joined by Mike Mawson. And uh, we got a great show coming. Um, we're going to lead right off with the gift that keeps on giving the Colorado football program and Deion Sanders and his sons. And it's amazing. But um, plenty of stuff to recap from the NFL. Again, like we said, not the not the greatest you know slate of college football this week. We got a great one coming up that we'll yeah, discuss. Yeah, week three is going to be awesome. Um, but yeah, so an all football show this time. Uh, I think that's the first time we've done that. Uh, like we we you know we've been good about getting to other sports. But yeah, we have. We've we've been di- diversifying. But I mean, like we're even watching football right now, a little behind the scenes. It's uh, early. The fourth quarter just started in the in the Brown Steelers. Uh, Monday night game, Amari Cooper just made a nice catch. It looks like uh, T.J. Watt just broke the Steelers' all-time sack. And he became the all-time sack leader. And, yeah, nasty, nasty injury for Nick Chubb, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, very unfortunate on the Nick Chubb front. One of my one of my favorite running backs in the league right yeah, now. Yeah, same so, here, um, same here. You know, praying for speedy recovery. You hate to see it. I mean, you know, with everything that's been going on for running backs these days. Um but yeah, also you know, congratulations, T.J. Watt. I couldn't believe the eighty-one and a half sacks was the was the record for the Steelers. What yeah, you, James you, James Harrison made sense to, in my mind that he was the leader, but eighty and a half seemed low. The NFL record for sacks is two hundred. So a team with the with the history of the Steelers, yeah, you, and when a half, you think that's kind of crazy. When you think Steelers, you think stout defensively, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, but hey, so congratulations, T.J. Watt, and. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, the other game that was on the night, Saints and Panthers. Um, kind of what you expected for Saints and Panthers. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, other than, I don't know, maybe even you throw the Panthers in there now, like pretty much anyone could win that division. Yeah. So somebody's got to win it. Somebody's got to, you know, take that playoff spot. <laughs> but I'm still I'm still saying Falcons there. But anyway, yeah, let's uh, let's get to the what the real lead is here. Colorado, Colorado State. Um, for those of you that, you know, that care about sleep, you know, maybe you had to catch up on it the next day. I stayed up for this one. Go um, for you, man. So I tried to, I, I fell asleep at halftime, but I, I watched the, I watched the entire game. I, I mean, for me, I think it was just like, you know, I, I kept feeling like, okay, it's coming. Like the comeback. No, coming. I a hundred believe. Like, yeah. I thought the same thing and I, I tried to will myself, but, uh, I guess, uh, I'm not as strong. I don't have as much willpower as you do when it comes to <laughs> my sleep. I t- yeah, well, you know, I I tend to stay up late anyway, but just, you know, there were there was a, the people out there that like, oh, this game was fixed and everything, you know, people want Colorado to it. Like, I don't even know why you would come up with a theory like that. I feel like there's plenty of people that um Are you on like don't uh like the Colorado Dion. Reddits or something? I I haven't really heard that narrative. Uh, just, too, I mean, too just much. Uh, I just saw some stupid posts on yeah. social media. No, nothing to really give too much credence to, but um <laughs> But no, I mean, I just think it's a silly, it's a silly narrative anyway, because like I think there's a lot of people that don't like what Dion is doing, so I don't think the NCAA or anybody's gonna actually be. On I think that. it's pretty clear. I mean, they're you know the his opponent's head coach came out and pretty much said, I don't like what you're doing. I don't like. Yeah, he didn't come go as far as to say I don't like you, but it was pretty close, <laughs> right? You know? you know, and I don't know, man. So like basically because of that, we kind of you know we saw that 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 line get overinflated to minus 24, you know, from 19, open at 19 and a half. It blew up to 24. And, um, and let's be honest. I mean, like we both, we both thought like, okay, that sounds about right. Like Colorado is going to, going to wax. Yeah. I did a, I did a parlay with a, you know, over, I did an alternate line. I did 27 and a half. I was like, Oh, Colorado has them by four touchdowns. Uh, So 
anyway, so basically, you know, I keep watching the game. It's, you know, like Colorado State's up by two scores at, at, at one point. And I just keep waiting for the storm to come. Keep waiting. You know, like I'm like, it's going to happen. It just it felt right. like that the whole right. game. Um, I mean, hell, it felt like that after Shiloh's first interception, or excuse me, after Shiloh's interception, you know, he take that, takes that back for a touchdown. I was like, okay, here it comes. You know, like they started slow, but here it comes. I'm like, no, Colorado State went blow for blow with them, which, I mean, honestly, is kind of like the phrase, right? Um, yeah, I mean, Mark, jo- Mark Jones, right, broadcaster? Um, yeah, yeah, ESPN broadcaster. Uh, his call on that was just insane. Uh, so, Lil Wayne let out Colorado onto the field. And as he's, he definitely had it in his back pocket for Shador because Shador was going to score a touchdown, obviously, in the game. But he got to do it with Shiloh. And it, it was just electric. He, as Shiloh is running towards the, the end zone, he kind of does a little high step. He, he thought about it for, for a second. And he goes, Stunting like my daddy, obviously re- referring, referring to Dion, but that's also a Lil Wayne song. And it was just like, an all-time pull. Thank you, because I wouldn't have gotten the Lil Wayne reference. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm here so, for those. <laughs> yeah, thank you. He, he's my uh, he's my pop culture translator, everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so like, and you know, good for him, right? Because obviously Shador is getting more of the press and everything right, like that, right. which is kind of funny when you think about Shiloh's the one that plays the position that his dad played. And, and Shiloh's but, older as well. But, he's the yeah. older brother. Um, so Shiloh had a great game. He had the, So he had the pick six. Um, to get Colorado on the board. He also had a forced fumble that was huge. Um, you know, Colorado State was up in the game at the time, I, I think only by a touchdown, but, like, it was a, it was a huge turnover. Uh, so he had a great game. Um, and it's just, like, there's so many storylines that come out of this one. And, and the reason I say it was blow for blow is because this thing was physical. It was nasty. There was a lot. There was, there was no love lost to the whole game. And so it's kind of interesting, you know, like – like maybe karma is the wrong word, but it was just like, there was a lot of fitting twists and all wrapped up neatly within the game on the Colorado side. You had Jimmy Horn jr. And Michael Harrison, the tight end. Uh, they both got illegal, uh, illegal formation penalties on that last series. Yeah. Which um, was started at the two yard line with what? Yeah. By the way, yeah. A, a couple ticks over um, two minutes left. Yeah. I think, it, yeah, it's probably like two ten to yeah, go, something yeah. like that. They start, yeah, so so Shador takes him 98 yards, and well, Jesus, it was all passing, so he must have ended up with 108 passing yards on that drive because <laughs> there was two illegal formation penalties too. Um, but fittingly enough, it's Jimmy Horn Jr. gets the touchdown, and then on the first drive of overtime, uh, yeah, the first overtime um, inning or whatever the hell they call it, the first overtime inning, Harrison gets the touchdown. Well, he also Harrison also got the two point conversion. And the two point conversion, right? The to send it to overtime because they were down eight. They needed. They needed. Oh right, right, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's yeah, it twenty eight, twenty eight, twenty, and then yeah. So Harrison had to get the two, and then he got the touchdown in overtime on a cool route, like a rule, a cool route concept. It looks like he's running a drag, and then he turns up. Yeah, and there's just nobody there to account uh, for him. I, I forget who the the broadcaster was that that called it but it, there was like they just know how to be covered too it was covered too and they knew exactly how to scheme it and and they attacked the you know the weak spot and i mean that's what happened on the jimmy horn one too right because yeah. i feel like the safety was yeah because it, sl- it, it was a it was a slot spot. fade it was a slot fade yeah. and they were they were so focused on the tight end because he had been he had already caught a touchdown and they're so the yeah the tight end was right next to him just running straight at the goal post and that drew the safety over you know Shador looked at him, and then he he was able to. And Shador obviously has a rocket of an arm, so he was able to fit it in 
with uh, Horn just kind of like hanging out at the ten yard line. You know, it's well, and then he and then he beat you know the the safety that you know knocked out Travis Hunter as well. So you talk about um, you know it's kind of like double revenge in in that sense or, or redemption, however you want to put yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and then the flip side of that is uh, CSU two two of Colorado State's biggest impact players. Uh, one was was Tory Horton. I keep wanting to call him Tony Horton. For me P90s. too. Me too. Yeah, he's got my name, but uh, but and he reminds me of Cortland Sutton. I don't know if it's because he's in Colorado and his wide receiver. He's a wide receiver number, number fourteen. 14 too, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't know. Um, but anyway, he had a fantastic game. Was it, was it sixteen catches? Sixteen catches on seventeen targets, like one hundred thirty-three yards. So not a not a you know a ton of yards, but well, a touchdown. But that's because that's Colorado. But that's just what gave they're it to him all yeah, night. Exactly, and he took it. Yep. I honestly, I don't understand. I didn't really understand Colorado the way Colorado schemed it, and maybe maybe they, they expected to tackle better, you know. And again, maybe maybe uh, Travis Hunter's injury, which we'll get to in a second, maybe that factored into. But they were playing so far off and giving them everything underneath, and then they weren't tackling well, and that was keeping Colorado State drives going. Yeah, they weren't. They, um, they had a real tough time with that tight end, yeah. getting him down. Uh, yeah, the tight. Yeah, that that was actually a great catch and run. Um, for that touchdown yeah with that shoestring one shoestring yeah. catch yeah and then just somehow nobody there obviously man coverage there was just nobody there but um but yeah so anyway so uh, so tory horton he has a great game oh I, I we didn't even mention the he threw a touchdown too and he threw a touchdown that's right which was weird because uh <laughs> yeah. the the quarterback celebrated like he threw it so so for everyone listening like we 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 both just figured this out i i didn't realize when i looked up because i watched the whole game but obviously i looked down a few times and i look up and i see the quarterback um brayden nickel or nicolosi or whatever yeah, i think he had two um, last names yeah um sorry we'll, we'll get it Oh, uh, Braden Fowler Nicolosi. Yeah, that's yeah. What I, so so Fowler Nicolosi's doing the bow and arrow thing, and I didn't realize. And then at halftime, I'm confused because Dion Dion says in the interviews like, "Ah, eh, well, they got us on a trick play and this and that." And, then, and I was like, "I, didn't, I don't remember." Trick <laughs> yeah, play. yeah. I, like, I, so so Braden, so Braden Fowler Nicolosi's celebrating with the bow and arrow <laughs> like he threw the touchdown he, pass. He, he threw it. Do. He threw it two yards behind him. Like, and he's <laughs> yeah. like, "Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah." I texted my buddy right away. I was like, "Why is the Colorado State quarterback?" celebrating on that play you didn't do anything like it was a great throw so i understand why you thought it's, it was a quarterback throwing it and it was a great catch by that tight end in traffic because it was great coverage but he did not do anything it's, there. yeah it's 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 not that you're celebrating it's that you're like a bow and arrow kind of implies that you threw it right right i, I don't know like, it's just it's just a weird celebration and I why guess. was the camera even on him <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly there's this, there, there was a lot that was weird about that one, and like I said, it threw me off until halftime, and I didn't even realize till now that, oh, like, yeah, the wide receiver threw a touchdown pass, too. But anyway, again, coming back to how everything kind of got wrapped up with a bow in a way, and I don't... And I see what you did there. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, with a bow. Yeah, thanks. I'll be here all week. Um, so anyway, Horton, though, it, this is such an unsatisfying ending for me, though is on the final drive, Horton, or the fi- again, the final inning, Colorado State's last chance to score. Yeah, double overtime. Du- of double overtime, right? Then uh, Nic- Nicolosi runs it in, gets called back for a blindside block, and, you know, if you've been listening, everybody, um, the blindside block thing is going to drive me fucking in- insane. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually not with you uh, on a lot of them. That's why I kind of just stay quiet, or I'm like, okay, Tori, like, you know, here's here's your therapy session. Oh, but session, when a wide receiver it does it. No. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, that might be it. I don't know. Or maybe you're just rubbing off on me and I'm, I'm, you're opening my eyes a little bit because I saw it and I was like, that's, that's not it. I mean, the, you know, the defender is coming at the wide receiver and like, you know, the quarterback is running towards the pylon. Like, like you had said, you texted to me, like, where is he going to go? Like he has no option. He has no good option. No, he has, yeah, he has two options. He has two legal options, right? He has the option to get run over. That's a bullshit option, right? And and really, how is that any safer, right? So he has the option to get run, you know, stand there and basically set a pick. Okay, which it, which I thought was the call at first because the broadcast was oh, saying yeah, that like it was a, a pick yeah, play, yeah. and I was like, I you can you can rub off one yard beyond the line of scrimmage, and that's all he was because the so it was first and goal from the three. In case you didn't see the game, and and he the blindside block occurred at the two, so I was confused on two different levels. Yeah, so basically, if you if you're gonna call that an illegal pick play. Which, I don't know, can you even call it when the quarterback runs it in? I don't, I don't even know what the rule is. If he's out of the pocket, is it an illegal pick now? I don't think so, because I think it's intent to run, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. We might have to look that one up. But the point is, is they called it a 15-yard personal foul for a blindside block. And again, so his option is stand there and set a pick, right? Right. Or, uh, or, or uh, yeah, it's, it's either stand there and set a pick, risk injury, or... You know the other completely bullshit option: let the guy run by and go make the tackle. Are you, like, I'm I'm sorry, but like you know that like I mean, wide receivers are a little bit prima donna, right? So and then as a as a lot a, of prima donna in your eyes, but yeah, a, they're, they're, no, I'm just saying like not every wide receiver is. I'm saying it's a it's a position where that draws kids that like a little bit more attention. There's nothing wrong with that, you know what I mean? But it, but it's but you as a coach again, the coach in me is like that's a position that's difficult to instill team play in as opposed to other positions. Cause it's a guy that's like, like no, I want the ball. Like, and that's just one of the challenges of coaching. There's nothing wrong with it. So when you get a guy to make a team play like that and coaches have been trying to instill this for freaking decades and we can't, and now, now, now they can't do it. Now they can't block. Now they can't sat, you know, do something for the team. Like <laughs> I get what you're just, saying. It's, it's hard for me to connect because I, uh, barely played high school football, and when I did, I was a receiver, as as Tori has has told everybody. But I was a receiver for a team that runs the Veer offense. So they passed it maybe three times a game, and those were tight end seams. So if I was on the field, I was stock blocking. Okay, so you were a blocker, but I think you can acknowledge. No, that I, I get what you're saying. Like, I get what you're like saying. Like you're like, if you're a coach, you want you want a receiver that's going to block. Instead and and run run routes hard when even when he's yeah. not necessarily the primary receiver, all those things and that's a challenge with a lot of receivers, right? So this guy does his job and he throws the block, and ends up being the goat that takes that takes a, a touchdown off the board. You know, you know, about to be a two point conversion away from tying the game. Right. Instead, instead they get backed up, and the game ends in very unsatisfying and you know so let me fashion this is this is i understand that's a tory take but it's also a little bit of an anti-tory take because it was first down it, they had four downs to go set, what 18 yards i mean that's they were moving the ball all, all game and i understand it makes it more difficult but i mean we just said like uh you know i don't think it's anti-tory take it backed the ball up to the 20 yard line or whatever it was to the what the 18 18 yep and then, yeah, I'm not. I'm not telling you that they didn't still have a chance. They did, but it, yeah, like things went downhill. Like it, it 
do you have to be mentally tougher than that? Sure. Um, but I just, but it, it, it shouldn't have come to that. I hear you. And it's an unsatisfying ending to the game, you know, and it's demoralizing. So like, yeah, do you have to be mentally t- tough enough to overcome that? Sure. Um, again, I still, I still think the right team won. I just think it was an unsatisfying end of the game and, you know, and not for nothing. So here's the thing you talk about me rubbing off on you a little bit. How about this? Like the other best player for Colorado state, their defensive end, uh, was it, sorry, Camara had two sacks in the game, impacted the game all night. Yeah. Was, he was, was like, he was their pressure. He was all over Shador all yeah. night. And and then the game changed when he was injured a couple of times, right? He was out with cramps yeah. or something like that. He came out a couple of different times, and, like, the game changed when he was out. Anyway, point being, um, he gets called for a targeting, and I can't argue with it. Like, he w- like he very clearly – He, it, like, it, put his helmet right to, like, Shador's ear it was, it was a It was a textbook old-school dirty hit, like, you know, one that – you know, with intent, yeah, you know, yeah. and then landed on top of him. And I don't think that that should be a penalty, but you know, so it was a clear roughing the passer. I have no problem with the targeting call. Um, I do have a problem with college football saying that like it's a safety thing. And then Shador Sanders stays in the yeah, game. He should not have stayed in that game. And like, obviously you want him in the game. It's a big game, so and N- but you have to draw the line. If you're going to draw the line, the, N- the NFL has spotters, right? They do. I don't know if college does. So I don't like. I don't know if in NCAA football they have the spotters, but they probably, if they have spotters, which they probably should. Like, how do you that, not? That do you, has when to be a, seen. Well, yeah. well, no, of course it's seen because they just reviewed a targeting call right. on a hit on him. <laughs> right. You so, have you have ample time too. Yeah. Like no, there was plenty of time to be like, hey. You know, Shador should probably get checked out. Hey, this out. guy just, you know, we're reviewing this guy getting hit in the head. Maybe, you know, we should Hey, he's on the sideline talking to dad, spitting is, out blood. Let's see if his head is okay. That sounds yeah. like the next logical so step, right? Just, just don't, like, listen, like, I'm actually fine with him staying in the game because I'm a monster. I'm a terrible person. But be consistent. You're full of shit because... Th- yeah, th- don't preach, you know, player safety. That's what I'm saying. And does the NCAA preach player preach player safety i don't not as much as the nfl well what's say, the point of targeting i yeah. mean the whole the, the the point of the targeting rules which brings us to another point uh dirty fucking hit by the way the death threats against uh safety henry blackburn that is not karma i, I thought i thought there was a little bit of karma in this game and everything came full circle death threats against a player for a dirty hit is wildly disproportionate yeah okay. that's just like like what are you doing that being said again you're rubbing off maybe you're rubbing off on me but again i've always been a reasonable person okay that was a shitty thing to do now <laughs> that was just beyond dirty you like, like again you can do the whole frame by frame thing and slow it down and but they didn't but even really slow it down like on the broadcast they slowed it down a little bit but it was it wasn't like frame by frame by no anything. and it's also it's also very clear the football was in his line of sight like, I mean, can, can I say for sure with 100% certainty that he saw the football hit the ground? No, but... There was a defender there think, that kind of maybe, maybe like, if you want to defend this guy, like, I'm not saying you do, but yeah. I'm saying if there are defenders of him that maybe, yeah, maybe blocked his sight, but I, I don't know. I think in the court of public law, you know, we have beyond reasonable doubt that he he had bad intent and intent to hit him late on that on that play, so... I mean, you see him again. He like turns and changes direction into yeah. him, and it, like so, he knows where he is. He sees Hunter acting in a way that he obviously doesn't have the ball. He sees Hunter kind of pulling up, like the play's over, and that's when he gears and then, up. And and yeah, and then he sinks his hips and and drives into him. And 
So it wasn't a hit to the head. That being said, we looked this up, and the targeting rule doesn't. There, there are there, there are yeah, provisions claim, yeah. for if like if you are with a hundred percent, and if you a, lead with the crown of the helmet, um, or if, 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 no, if you make forcible, a, if you yeah. make forcible contact with, with like with clear or, intent yeah. to injure. No, you don't even have to make contact with your head. Like the way I read the rule, anyway. No, no, a, sorry. So there's multiple provisions. One is if you lead with the crown of the right, helmet, right. that's automatic target. That's the one we're if all you, familiar with. If yeah. you make forcible contact with the head. That's targeting. Yeah, TJ Watt just got a, uh, another touchdown. I think that's his second of the game. Oh, no, Alex Highsmith got one earlier. Uh, this is just a bunch of replays about how good Pittsburgh's defense is. Uh, probably not good podcasting, though. But um, <laughs> So the third one that, that Tori just mentioned is, yeah, you don't have to lead with your head. You don't have to make contact to the head. Uh, if you are... What was the exact language? Essentially, if you're if you're trying to take somebody out after the play, yeah, th- that's considered so, targeting. So basically, it's just it's kind of wild. And so, um, you know, I got called out. Uh, if you if you do follow us on our social media, yeah, yeah, LeBron LeBron I, tweeted out, uh, you know, during the game, he goes, you know, I've seen a lot less egregious things happen and and players getting you know ejected from the game. Like why? Because he didn't get ejected. He you know he was in the game for the rest of the game. Wasn't targeting and. Uh, yeah, LeBron and Tory agreeing on something. I would, yeah. I, I what would, a world we live in, right? Yeah, I mean, broken clocks right twice a day, I guess. <laughs> um, but I would also, if the NCAA decides to hand down a one-game suspension for Blackburn, yeah, I would all I, for it. I wouldn't fight it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, also, I think that's just uh, a microcosm of Colorado State. You talk about, uh, I they were just. They were too up for this game. They were too hyped up. Um, he's a captain on their team. And, okay, he makes one play, whatever. They had, like, 18 penalties for 182 yards or something stupid like that. They should like they should have put the game away in the first half. You were talking about, like, you were waiting for it, right? The, the reason it didn't happen, like, you were waiting for Colorado to come back. The reason that they were even in a position to have that hope and, and you know, have that last crazy 98 play drive is because Colorado state would move down the field and then they would get a personal foul or they would gift 30 yards at a time. Like there was, there was a couple instances. I think I know there was one, there might be two where it was 30 yards of penalties on one play. They, they were just playing too dirty. Um, I know it's a rivalry game and, and things like that, but yeah, Col- it was personal foul after personal foul. Let's, I mean, in, in Colorado, like they were no angels in this game. Either. No, I'm so not like, saying that. Um, and, and they had their fair share of penalties. I think yeah. they had 10 as well. I mean, Shador tried to poke some guy in the yeah. eyes at one point. That was right like, after. Um, I, I'm wondering. I'm not sure if it was. I don't think it was right after, but um, I don't know. But I... It, I mean, honestly, I love Shador going and getting in Blackburn's face right after. Like, like I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, You're right. He headbutted. He headbutted him, but he didn't poke his eye. At that yeah, point. no, yeah, and yeah. there was actually no. The, the, I don't think they called anything on Shador no, they for didn't. that one, which, which they could have. They could have, but you know, and I think the point stands though. Yeah, Colorado State, if they're more disciplined, yeah. if they're just a little more disciplined, they right. probably win that right. game. Yeah, seriously. Um, because they, I mean, they had their opportunities. But we're we're talking about Shador, you know, getting knocked out. But you know, Travis Hunter stays down on the ground, and you're like, okay, you hope that he has the wind knocked out of him, right? But you don't you don't know what it is. Um, and then a series or two goes by, and he's back in the game. 
uh, he was playing corner. I don't know if he was backing in on offense at all. I can't recall, but I know he was playing corner. And then at halftime, or right around halftime, it's announced that, yeah, he's not coming back in the game, and he's also going to the hospital. Yeah, it's kind of scary. I mean, like again, like I don't do I really think Blackburn meant to put him in the hospital? No, I think I think it was like you know an intent to be a message. I think he, you know, I think he had it in his head, like like I'm gonna I'm gonna hit him hard no matter what. And then like he just didn't gear down when he should have, you know, like 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 again, I have no problem with the hit if it's a second earlier, you know, from in relation to when right, the and we and we've talked about that. Like we have talked, like, but that still would I mean, that still would have been a penalty in a defenseless receiver, and I don't think it should be. Um, it, again, if it, if it's to the body, you know what I mean. The only the only problem I have with it is, again, we know what a dirty hit looks like. That was dirty. It was it was yeah, clearly it was. late. Yeah, yeah. No, the fact that it's late is is the problem with me as well. If if you want to try and body him, you know. During the course of play, that's that's what football is. It's a physical game, but um, but yeah, he. I mean, lacerated liver. How did he get back on the field, and how did he get clear? Because it's not like he stayed down and then he's like, "No, I'm staying on the field," which shouldn't be the player's call when they you know they get a hit like that anyway, right? But we we've seen instances where that's the case, and the player just refuses to go off the field and and they stay on. But he was obviously checked out by the medical staff. Right, what when he was not playing, and then he got back on the field. I that's that could have ended a lot worse than it did. Um, you know, I I kind of work so like also like you know we want to talk about just like the weaknesses, especially minus Travis Hunter now, right? The weaknesses on Colorado's team, I think, are going to start to show up a little bit. Um, they have problems in the trenches. They're going to have to find some fashion of running game. Uh, you can't you can't have Shador passing the ball fifty times against Oregon and USC. I j- I just like and and so you're gonna have to figure. I something. think you you're can gonna have to scheme it up because I think you can because like both of those teams they kind of want to run too. But um, I mean that that boils down to the old line again, right? Um, the the run debate and will will he have enough time to these, pass? These is, two is, teams that are coming up though are far and away the best defenses that they're going to oh, see. Oh, of course. And I'm telling you these like that old line is going to get Unless exposed. they have Utah. Do they have Utah? Like I mean that No, no, no. I'm they're right saying, on that. But uh, yeah, so far. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, you know, if these first 3 games uh, you know, they were already tested a little bit, you know, especially this week. And sh- by the way, Shador is statistically great. 38 of 47, 348, four touchdowns, the pick wasn't even a bad throw. Went off his receiver's hands. Blackburn got the pick too. I, I can't remember if that was after the hunter hit or not. Um, it was right around the same time. But I don't know. There's just I mean, 47, 47 passes versus you know sixteen handoffs to running backs. You know, no, that I I get it. That's not necessarily sustainable unless they're they're trying to play Big Twelve football. Like I don't know if that works in the Pac twelve, which. <laughs> they are in for this year at least right and it will and against you know yeah the two formidable bad, yeah yeah so formidable defenses um i don't know i just think you're gonna have to scheme it up somehow get, although you know, usc's get, defense isn't that great i'm telling you that's a gettable game even with travis Hunt. oh without. i'm not saying either one of these yeah. games aren't gettable i'm saying i think i think the line is crazy for oregon if you get if you get shador hurt because he's because he's throwing 50 times a game and it's just I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's sustainable. But like again, um, you know, you made this note too. Same thing. 
Uh, D line too. The, like the, they're going to get pushed around, and I, and I didn't see a ton of pass rush from them this time. They scheme up, they scheme it up with blitzes every once in a while, and um, yeah, it was. A, they had a first in. They had a first and goal from the three or four, and they had to settle for a field goal. And uh, the first, the first play was an outside run, bounced outside, just barely didn't get in the end zone, like you know, almost at the pylon. So the second goal from the one didn't get in. Yeah. So they they can't guess the guess the line. Oregon, Oregon, Colorado line. Uh, early line at Oregon, I assume, right? Yep. Yep. Um, I don't know. Probably Colorado minus seven, or excuse me, plus seven. What? Keep going up. Oh, plus twelve. Keep wow. going up. What really? Plus fifteen. Keep going up. Plus twenty and a half. Plus twenty and a half. Yeah. At Oregon. Wow. Um. Seems a little high. It. I mean, it does, right? I mean, like, like I don't, I don't think Oregon's gonna, or excuse me, I don't think Colorado's gonna win this game. No, I don't. I either. will say that. Um, and it <laughs> but that's what we said about TCU. Too. <laughs> right, well, yeah, but they don't, you know, and they are kind of that status of like I don't want to bet against them until right, they lose, right? Though, right? right. <laughs> you know, showed, um, showed Dion some respect. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I, it's kind of like Brady with like, oh, this is the year it ends. This is the year it ends, right? Like. I don't want to bet against them. Until, yeah, but like I think that yeah, like the 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 line and special teams can you know hurt them um, against formidable opponents. Like they they got another field goal blocked. They switched kickers. It's a second field goal that's been blocked in three games. That's not good. You know that like that's the small stuff that will cost games against you know the elite Pac-12 teams. Yeah. Well, I need to I need to learn a little bit more about Oregon before I analyze that line. I, I feel like I've watched plenty of Colorado. Yeah. And yeah, uh, for sure. and you know, just as a heads up to everybody listening, you're probably going to hear more about Colorado cuz we cuz we both love them. So um and you do too. Don't don't lie. That's to what yourself. I'm saying. No. Oh yeah, and, and you the listener. Yeah. yeah absolutely. But um, uh yeah, we we talked about a great a great call earlier, right? Great the, call and uh, and a and a, a musical uh, musical tie-in, yeah. yeah. And so we had one of those uh, yesterday. We're recording Monday, Sunday, in the NFL. Uh, Ian Eagle, because he doesn't want to be called Ian for whatever reason. Um, Travis Kelsey scores a touchdown against the Jags, and he says. Kelsey found some blank space in the Jaguars defense. In the, in the yeah. Jaguars defense, and uh, if you don't get the reference, uh, Kelsey and Taylor Swift are rumored to be dating, and and one of Taylor Swift's most famous songs is is called Blank Space. It's yeah, a good song. So, so no, actually, I did get it. It took me like three times because it was a weird one that uh, Adam Schefter posted, and I was like, why would Schefter, you know, post that? Like he wrote he wrote the call by Ian Ian Eagle, and I was like. It's like that's kind of it's not really an Adam Schefter call. Like he's usually about like roster moves and you know he's just the woge right, right. of yeah, the NFL, yeah, yeah. you know. So um so I, I was like, that's weird. So I click on it and then I hear it three different times. He says like finds the blank space and and I'm like, like, that's a weird thing to say. It's a weird way to say it. And then like but then like then the light bulb came on after about 30 seconds. I was like, oh, blank space. Okay, I get it now. Yeah, but, let me l- allow me uh just a moment here to just fire off some of Ian Eagles probably drafts that he didn't get to say in the game, okay? Uh, the, the Jags knew they were trouble when Kelsey walked into the stadium. Uh, finding Kelsey in the end zone was always Andy Reid's end game. Uh, Kelsey was born in 1989. You know that significance? Wait, wait, what are you doing right now? Is this what's what's happening? End game, Taylor Swift song. 
trouble. I knew you were trouble when I walked in. Taylor Swift lyric. Come on, come on. Uh, no, You're not a Swifty. You're not a Swifty. You don't. You know the significance of okay. 1989? Oh, no. What, it's three years after I was born. No. What? <laughs> <laughs> it's when Travis Kelsey was born. I guess that adds some significance. No, it's Taylor Swift's one of Taylor Swift's most famous albums. Come on, come on. Oh, name, name me a song. Name me a song wow, of 1989. Talk. Talk about pulling it all full circle. I don't know. Antihero? I like that song. Is that, that- that's a newer, that's on her new album. But uh, Blank Space is actually on 1989, but Welcome to New York's my, my favorite. You know Shake It Off, too, right? I know Shake It Off. Shake yeah. It Off. I think I think Ian Eagle actually told Mahomes to shake off an interception as well <laughs> during the call. So he got, a, he got a few off, but uh, I know you wanted more, so here you go, Eagle. I don't want to call you Ian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's like on Jeopardy when like when like really smart people mispronounce words because they've only read it. They haven't. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, okay. Um, wow. Uh, we just we just did a few minutes. That on, was a Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift minute. Yeah. Um, what what about you need to calm down? Because that that like if it weren't for intellectual property rights, we'd probably have a, a segment. Yeah. No, that's a great that's a great line. I mean, I I'm all for Taylor Swift if you want to. But play was it, it on 1989 or? <sighs> Call me out. I don't. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm drawing a blank. A, are you a Swifty? Or are you just like a? No, I am. I am. People know. The people know. You'll know soon. Okay. Well, no, I just didn't know if like this is like common knowledge for 26 year olds or like what the deal is there. Um. All right, back to football. All right, let, yeah, let's yeah. get into this but, game. Actually, so yeah, so we, but we got to. So you and I are at odds over who's important, more important to the Chiefs right now, Kelsey or Jones. We didn't get the chance to see the Chiefs without one or the other they both came back at the same time and man jones was a beast dude he is so freaking quick off the line and like he had one and a half sacks in this game including one on a fourth and five when the chief's offense was still you know struggling right right um and so yeah so he he sacked trevor lawrence for uh, on a fourth and five to stop that drive yeah no he he was he was dominant i'm yeah i i I'm not saying, and I'm not saying just because Kelsey only only had four catches for 26 yards that he's not important. Like I'm not going to make a ridiculous argument. I'm I still maintain that Jones is just as important as Kelsey, though. I hear you. It was tough to uh, watch the Chiefs' offense in Week One again. Probably a lot of drops uh, last. You know, Sunday, not a lot of points, but. When when he needed when he needed somebody, Kelsey was there, right? Like on that touchdown. Um, cause I mean, they only had two offensive touchdowns. It's not, it's not looking like a, like a chief's offense, man. I, I've, I've been trying to tell you with the enemy, you know, no longer there. It's just, it, it looks a little different. I will, I will say this much. You, you did say that all the way back in the preseason that the chief's offense is going to look different. Not without. a big Matt Nagy guy. I thought maybe it could work just because he's been around the chiefs and, and Andy Reed and, and things like that. But that's a big step off or step down, excuse me. Um, well, when, did, when did Nagy... So Nagy was the coach in Chicago for Fields, Justin Fields' rookie year? Yeah, yeah. So Him and him and Ryan Poole, right, the GM? I, I think he got axed as well. They both got fired at the same time. Out of, not that... Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to them. But, you know, obviously Kelsey's important for Mahomes right now. Um you know, Mahomes spread the ball around though. He had three hundred. He had three hundred and five yards. Nobody had over seventy yards though. Sky yeah. Moore. Um, I mean, that's that's Tony, actually a Tony had a a bounce back game. If you listen to us, you you cash the uh, over on his receiving yards. He had five for thirty five, I think. Yep. And he only had five targets. He caught every ball that went his way. He did not get involved immediately, like I thought he would. But uh, yeah, you know, he had a nice c- catch after 
you know, run after the catch on, on one play, and he just kind of looked like Kadarius Tony. So. Yeah, uh, so again, in a low-scoring game, though, um, where, they, where they needed the defense to hold when the offense just couldn't get on track, I mean, yeah. that's, that's where I say, man, Jones, Jones had an impact that entire first half. And like I said, he would... Like, I think we're tied. I think we're tied 1-1. I think, <laughs> I think Kelsey would have been more impactful week one, and I think, you know... I waved the white flag to you this week. I think it was it was Jones this week. I'll I'll give it to you. Let's let's keep a running tally throughout the season. It'd well, be interesting. Yeah. Well, no, we'll keep we can keep a running tally, and I guess I'll. Um, well, well you concede week one, and you probably won't because you're too stubborn. No, because but. no, because the the Lions got a first down on a running play to run out the clock, and the defensive tackle got manhandled by Jonah Jackson. So it's hard for me to. Uh, I, I'm sorry, man. Come on, man. I gave you, I gave you targeting. I gave you, I gave, I gave you the, the. I'm not the, trying to take a mile here. I'm just trying to be reasonable. I, I, no, I, I, I'm, and all I'm saying is it's equal. Kelsey and Jones are equally valuable. Chris Jones is a is a massive piece. Now, that being said, he is getting paid. What are we? Is 11 million more than Kelsey? Yeah, Kelsey's just. So, so team first guy, so I guess. No, I mean, maybe so he's just gonna break into the Taylor Swift money. Sh- sure. So let's. So let's. So if I want to be reasonable, should the pay be a little bit closer? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, it should be. Yeah, it should be. So, I, so can we? We can concede. So we that. can applaud. We can applaud Travis Kelsey because he hasn't even made a fuss about that. Yeah. As far it, um, as far as we can tell, he made a fuss back in the day, right? And, His first uh, contract, I think. Couldn't tell you for sure. I don't know. Maybe it was a different tight end. It must have been a. Di- who was that? But Kelsey t- wasn't a high pick either. So like, so who I'm was sure the his- tight end that his agent told him that he or told the team that he was a receiver and he wanted receiver? Oh no, that was Jimmy Graham. That oh, was that was way back day. in the Jimmy Graham day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which still on the Saints? Which uh, yeah, which uh, we're almost back to the Jimmy Graham day. Yeah, but um, did he have like a? I think he had like a medical situation. Yeah. Did he retire again? Or no, he he was on the field tonight. He's back. Oh, okay. There yeah. we go. No, good for him. All right. Um, yeah, that, that is awesome, man. That's a throwback. Um, yeah, I don't know if Kelsey did any belly aching about his contract, but I but I know it's not something that's been super prominent. No, and it hasn't. So uh, so I'll give him that. You know what I mean? And 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 a lot of people, you know, think I'm giving him shit because I say he's a wide receiver, is you know, not a tight end. Well. He kind of is. He but, is. He but is. It, he is a um, receiver. He doesn't. But that doesn't mean I don't like him or, you know, like a, that I have anything against him. He's just, he's not. I would rather, I'd rather have Kittle than Kelsey. You want to see. Because a, the kind of football that I would want to play. And you want Darnell, Darnell Washington, I think, right? The Georgia tight end for, uh, for the Steelers now. He was, he was blocking he's Boza a, last week. He, a, he pancaked Boza last week. He did. Week. I saw him. He's a big dude. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, um, but. You know, somebody that I speculate might have done some belly aching about his contract on the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, who just got restructured to over the next four years, it'll be the highest annual value for. Uh, yeah, he let Joe Burrow have his glory for all of a week and a half. Uh, yeah, which, yeah, and Burrow's not enjoying that glory, clearly. No, but, he's not. Um, nor is anybody in Cincinnati at the moment. I just wonder, I just wonder, like, about the timing of that. Like, do you really, like, you, you got such a big deal over 10 freaking years. And so, like, you know, again, I don't know. You know, I'd love to be a fly on the wall to know how much of a role Mahomes actually has in that, as opposed to maybe it's his agent just saying, like, look, hey, we're going to push for this because this is the time. And so who knows? Maybe it's not Mahomes' fault. I'll, but be, he, I'll be fair. I'll be fair. And it wasn't just, like, one quarterback. I mean, the market's the market. But it, he was, like, fifth, 
I think, in AAV for the quarterbacks it's by the by the time the Jalen Hurts. Um, actually, and, I think I think it was even lower than that. But, and and uh, Herbert or Thiel's by this week, and, by this week, I think he was like he was right. It was he was still top ten, but he was pretty far down. But still, man, come no, on. No, I know it's it's ten like, years, five hundred million dollars. Well, and it's also like time. he has yeah. the longest. Yeah, he has the longest duration. Uh, I think still the most guaranteed money. Maybe no, not, that guy uh, right there does. Uh, oh, just, yeah, true, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Oh, and they. Wow. I wonder. I wonder. I, I need twenty six, twenty two. Final. Just, just one yeah, final. We just, we just saw it, and I need to now. I need to know how uh, how good or bad Kenny Pickett was because that was one of my. That's one of my bullish takes. Right. Yeah. Now. We, so we obviously, you know, we're recording. We haven't really paid too much attention to this game, but I did see one interception. Uh, George Pickens kind of had a long run and he had a 71 yard touchdown and it was where he was just not covered. Yeah. He, he just like went into the middle of the field and he ran it 60 yards. I've got the line here. Kenny Pickett, 15 to 30, 50% quick math. Uh, Nicely done, sir. (laughs) Can you reduce that to a fraction? Yeah. One, two. Oh, good job. Okay. Um, 15 to 30, 222 touchdown interception and the touchdown Pickens did the work, and really, Pickens didn't do a lot of work either. Uh, the The Browns just didn't cover him. It was mind so, blowing. W- one more time, one fifty two yards. Uh, sorry, two twenty two. Two twenty two. So, so you take away Pickens. Yes, it was one fifty one fifty one. One fifty one. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I am not a Pickens guy. Sorry. Uh, there's still time, but but the clock is ticking there. Anyway, we uh we got a little off track there, um, just because we just saw that final. But um, you know what. Good for them, because because uh, I don't like Deshaun Watson either. I'm not rooting for either one of these teams. Yeah, now that Nick Chubb's you know gone for the year, unfortunately, <sighs> it looks like uh, don't have any rooting interest in the Browns. So uh, let's uh, move on to another quarterback that I don't think either one of us are a fan of. See, we agree on more than people realize. I mean, um, Russ Incorporated, Russ baby. Incorporated, like what a tool! I didn't know about this yeah, until I, yeah, you just mentioned it to me right now, um, like earlier, right before we. He had an office. Last year, or maybe still does. Who knows? No, he doesn't. But, oh, no, okay. no. So, so everything. Uh, Sean Payton said, literally, we're doing everything different this year. Like legitimately, how it was run last year, we are doing the complete opposite. Which I thought a, would work. I'm telling you, man, this is a tangled web, right? Because like, because Payton came in and said Nathaniel Hackett did the worst coaching job ever. Blah blah blah. It's like, and maybe he did because he wasn't a big enough personality to handle Russell Wilson's bullshit, but tactically and and you know when he's somebody that actually has like an Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers loves him right mm-hmm. and it looked like things were going to be <laughs> i don't know it looked like things were going to be okay with the jets right but based on the yeah, first four plays was, of the season maybe everything not. was hunky dory at the time i don't know i i just wonder who was really responsible and now that the broncos are 0 2 and russell wilson is losing some of his athleticism i just i kind of question What's going on here? You know what I mean? Is it really a Russell Wilson thing? Because Russell Wilson had an office at the top of, or like on the second floor, basically with management. And yeah, he, he had, was like in the and, executive suites. Yeah, <laughs> and he had a and he had a quote unquote uh, open door policy, as if like as if like or he had to he had to tell people that that it was okay to come and talk. Like, like dude, you're not it's like management. no, dude, just go down to your locker where everyone else talks. And there was like all those other weird things. I mean like I mean you could tell last year that like guys on the defense for instance hated him. Yeah, I mean, I mean just, like just look at the Melvin Gordon uh, meme or Oh, or oh Melvin Gordon look at him. I, I can't remember the defensive lineman for the Broncos like like screaming at him on the way off the field. It's like that's not a quarterback that anybody respects. Right. You know, like like listen, I, they they make too much of a lot of 
sideline beefs. Right, like we you just talked I mean? about, uh, who was it last week? Uh, that we AJ Brown. AJ and Brown and uh, Jalen Hurts, Hurts, yeah. yeah. Um, but the, like, I, I do remember one where like the defensive line, because usually it's like, hey, deal with your own shit. So defensive linemen don't come over and, and say shit to the quarterback. Right, like, right. Like, this guy was pissed, and I can't remember what his name was right now, but basically I think all this stuff is carrying over. Um, Wilson... You know, it looks like the Broncos' offense is kind of on track now, but they're 0-2. Um, yeah, high-scoring game, 35-33. Yeah, yeah, because – so, um, I don't know. I just – like, I, I I don't think that the the personalities are going to mesh there. I, I wonder if Russell Wilson is going to, you know, concede to Peyton. I mean, he conceded his office upstairs, I guess. But <laughs> anyway. It's one just, step. You know – but let's keep it to this week. You know, just they lose. They get the Hail Mary. Must have been about 60 yards. Ball bounces. Just through. an insane play. Yeah, three or four different sets of hands. And then on the next play, eh, debatable, maybe DPI on the two-point conversion. But they don't get it, and it's just hilarious after all that. They don't get it. It reminded me of a play from literally 20 years ago. So the Saints, uh, this is the – I don't even remember who the Saints quarterback was at the time. Um yeah, it's, I mean that's pre Drew Brees. I don't know. I don't know. It was it, it was it was when the Saints were like like bad. They, they suck. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so anyway, they do that. They do the lateral deal. They call this the River City Relay game. I guess which I've is, never heard of that. So yeah, I had never heard it either. But it, so it was against Jacksonville, and I I didn't know Jacksonville was the River City. But anyway, they do like four or five laterals, score a touchdown to be down twenty to nineteen. And then the Saints kicker, John Carney, who was a very good kicker, by the way, he comes on. Yeah, I've heard the name. Yeah, he comes on and he pushes the extra point wide right oh. <laughs> to lose the game. Oh, it was like no. after all that, I mean, it was it was a wild play. Just like, and, and then, like, and the whole like lateral thing, like, I mean, there had been there had been like Stanford Cal, but you hadn't really seen that a lot of t- lot yet. Like the the lateral play wasn't something that happened a lot yet. T- yeah, talk about the um, agony of defeat, huh? Uh, yeah, and it, it, I mean, it's kind of funny. So like River City. Uh, also reminds me, so in, in the military, or I, I, I guess I read it's actually only a Marine Corps term, so all other veterans might not even know what the hell I'm talking about, or, or Navy and Marines would probably know, but River City uh, stands for reduced communications, and so that just kind of took me back to, hmm. um, yeah, so like like on my first deployment when I was on the boat, um, there would just be like weeks at a time of of River City when you just you just couldn't use the internet or anything just like that. Just in the dark, just uh, floating yeah. around. Yeah, you just just like, existing. Hopefully, you had magazines and hopefully you had a lot of. Uh, well, that was the that was the age of iPods. So hopefully, yeah. you ha- hopefully, you had a lot of music on your iPod. You should have you should have had stunt um, stunt with my daddy by Lil Wayne on your iPod. You would have got my reference earlier. Yeah, I yeah, I, I was even less into hip hop then. Like like I've nothing against it. It's just not, you know, not what I grew up with, you know. No, I but, hear you. I mean, I'll sing along to anything from like 90s early 2000s. I think it would also be weird to be bumping Lil Wayne on a boat with nothing else to do. No. Nah, like no, no, not necessarily. It could work out with well, you could work out to it, I guess. I don't know. No, I'm sure there's plenty of people that are that are, you know, into Lil Wayne. I was just like at the time I was more of a metal guy, you know. But anyway, so, so you're just, headbanging? Yeah, yeah, just a trip trip down memory lane, man. Sorry, you know. Um Russell Wilson will do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean the uh not scoring at the goal line, I mean that, that, that'll <laughs> that'll take you down memory lane for a Patriots fan. Um uh, sure better will. days, right, buddy? Because uh let's get into Dolphins and Patriots uh last night. Um another game 
where we were just robbed of a great finish, I feel like. You know what I mean? It was what a bummer. I mean, like we got to start with Cole Strange, the Patriots left guard uh, or who was the tight end? That threw it? it was Hunter Henry threw Hunter, a ladder uh, of the back to him. Was it Henry? I'm pretty, pretty sure. It was yeah. Henry. Oh, it might have been Gesicki. I think it was Henry. Though. It was probably Henry was more involved all night. I yeah. know that. So he makes the catch on a fourth and four. Uh, Patriots trying to drive down and, and tie the games. About 50 seconds left, and he laterals it. Uh, you know, a wild lateral, and Cole Strange gets up, <laughs> gets up there and snags yeah, he it. Reaches it. He high pointed that ball, and then runs forward. You know, if I got to be honest, I th- my initial reaction was I thought he came up just short. Me too. That so, being said. But the yeah. refs called it a first down. Right. And but, once the refs signaled first down, I was like, oh, okay, we're good. Like, they're probably going to review this, but there's no way they can overturn it, right? Yeah. And, oh, well, well, there you go. We we were wrong. And, like, and I, I just don't – and then after all the replays and everything like that, I don't understand how they overturned it. It was too close. Yeah. And I just – and I don't get – Look, listen, I'm not saying there's this conspiracy where the owners have like pulled the refs into a room and said, listen, make the game more entertaining. That's like, that's not what I'm saying. I think the refs, however, have read between the lines on all of these rule changes and they're like, yeah, we're going to do whatever makes the game more entertaining, right? So why the fuck wouldn't you let that game go? Like, like you already had your out, right? The ref ruled on the field that it was a first down. So, right. like, all you have to say is not enough to overturn. And I don't and believe there was enough to, you know, decisively overturn. Like, I, I'm glad you, I'm glad you feel the same way because, like, my feelings were hurt when, <laughs> when they overturned that. So, thank you for, like, I, th- I thought I was just being bi- a biased Patriots fan. I, I'm man well, enough to admit that I have my. You know, to be fair, I'm an offensive lineman, and I, I, I want to <laughs> like, be. Oh wait, yeah, I want to be offensive. So that was a wide receiver. <laughs> he might have been short. Huh? <laughs> no, honestly, I still would have been rooting for the. And it's just it's extra frustrating because it, on the on the reversal, uh, Belichick all time all time <laughs> challenge like pity like the ref. I, does the ref usually mess with the chains? By the way, that was kind of weird that he was messing with the chain on the sideline instead, that was of, the, weird, instead right? of the chain crew and Belichick just takes it out of his sweaty sock because that's where he keeps it the challenge flag and then he just spikes it right in his face like he was so petty he was so I could hear the <laughs> I could hear the yeah when he threw it down like that I feel like that, yeah. that was the, that was the sound I heard like yeah he was so he, disgusted that he even had to do that he's like oh and then they it, you know I I couldn't tell one way or the other on on that challenge but they say there's not enough to overturn that, and again, it's a yardage, it's a yardage challenge. It's just like uh, I don't see a lot of discrepancies between those two. So how can one be one way and one be the other? Yeah, it, um, it's just inconsistency is driving me nuts with the officials, and and then when it's inconsistency within the same game, it's even worse. So. But let's stay positive, all right? <laughs> You're, I'll always have that blocked field goal. The blocked field goal was pretty cool. I I don't. I don't like that's got to be a gold star for the scouting department. It does, but because, like, like that's, how, how do you time that up on a field goal? But like, I'm still giving that to Belichick. You know, <laughs> I am. I'm not saying he's he's the one masterminding putting the tape in. You know, the VCR player and and you know doing it all. But he's getting the right guys in place. Like there there is something to be said about that culture. And I can't believe this hasn't happened before to be honest with you i guess it just is like a timing thing and 
I don't think it had anything to do with the center because I don't think the center gave any keys whatsoever. I think it was strictly the kicker. I think it was. Yeah, but dude, it could be something. It could be something really weird, like the guy like twitches his finger right before he's gonna. You know what I mean? Like something really. No, but small, it, I. Like... But I think what it is is I think they timed up the the kick and you know because kickers are very. Um, Reg- super, re- yeah, regimented. regimented. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, a better yeah. way of putting it. They, you know, two steps here, one step here, either a breath or whatever they do, and then head nod. So, like, who was the guy that actually got the block? I don't even. I, I don't know. He had thirteen special team tackles, number forty-one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, look up. Uh, yeah, let me look up number forty-one. I guess. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm doing you. He had. Yeah, he led the team in special teams tackles last year, which is impressive in its own right, considering Matthew Slater is also on that team. Uh, and then. And then, so he blocks that, right? And then what's not being talked about is the second the field second, goal. The one that, that was missed. missed yeah. You know, he, you can see that in your peripheral. Like, he definitely, it's in his mind if he can't see it, but he can definitely, the kicker can see it at the yeah. same time. Or And even if he can't see it, you know, like which I'm sure he saw it, but, but you're thinking about it. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, like, exactly. so um, there is something to be said for that. That would have iced the game. I think the, the 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 field goal that Sanders missed was with a little over two minutes to go. Maybe Brendan Schuler. Brendan Schuler. Yeah, so, it set up it set up the potential game yeah. tying drive. Yeah, so it would have been a two possession game. Um, I don't know. So yeah, like you said, you'll always have that, right? That's uh, I, you know what I don't get about Belichick and the Patriots, right? Is Belichick doesn't really have control anymore, and that's why the Patriots' offense is kind of showing signs of life even though only 17 points last night but how can somebody that is so good at defense and special teams which i concede that belichick is mm-hmm. when it comes to managing egos and evaluating talent maybe in all aspects of the game belichick has the game has passed him by but tactically and you know and i and i would almost i would almost give you that that it was like a belichick find on the <laughs> On the field goal, you know what I mean. That seems like a Belichick it kind does. of thing, right? But how can you be so inept? Like, if you understand wide receiver, you understand corner to a certain degree, right? For in, for instance, if you understand O line, you understand D line to a certain degree, right? Don't get me wrong, I I understand O line better than I understand D line, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I just don't understand how somebody that's been around the game this long understands defense and special teams so well can be so inept at offense because when he when he was in charge of the offense. Man, was it bad. When, w- so, when was he in charge of the offense? When am I- oh, come on, man. Are you saying Patricia was really in charge? No, he took it from Joe Judge and Patricia last year. I don't know. That man. was most of the reports coming out with the, like Belichick was really in charge. Now, yeah, but that's Belichick's also, you know, been in charge of the defense for the past decade when there's been ghost defensive coordinators. Well, like right, his, son, they, his son's the ghost defensive coordinator now, and it was, and it's probably Jared Mayo, too. Uh, yeah, I don't believe for a second that Belichick's conceding any real control on the defense, though. I'm surprised he concedes any control on the offense. Anyway, um, another quarterback that, you know, th- this is like, this is one of the biggest debates on social media right now, I feel like. I mean, it, and and nobody sees the gray area on Justin Fields. Like, I feel like I'm one of the only people that sees a gray area. Now, do I say he sucks? Yes, because what's the result? He's 5-22 and 22 in his career. That sucks. Like that's that's yeah, the result. not good. Okay, um, but I did see some interesting posts online. Dan Orlovsky, ESPN, uh, posted a video. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll just I think I'll just post these so people can see them, right? Like like yeah, share, smart share, thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Share, share as much information as possible. So let's see what we're talking about, right? So Dan Orlovsky posts this video, like where Cole Komet and DJ Moore 
have just no spacing. They both run like a hitch, and they're like right next to each other. Yeah, they're like almost tip to hip. It's pretty pathetic. And so Arlovsky is saying like, 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 you know, what's the who's coaching this and everything like that. But so okay, could be bad coaching. Absolutely, it could also be who knows. Maybe Justin Fields is calling the wrong play in the huddle. Maybe you know what I mean. Like I feel like there's a lot of different variables there. Um, but you know, to the to the point of maybe it's bad coaching with the the pick six by Shaq Barrett to seal the game. Yeah, the Bears ran the same play in, three times in a three row. Three times in a row. Oh, the only thing that I saw that changed was the formation. They went trips left the first time. Um, there was offsides on Shaq Barrett. So then I can almost understand like coming back to it being cute. And yeah. coming back to it a second time, they changed the formation. They went spread. It was two receivers on on either side. Same exact play though. And then they Middle, lost like two yards, right? Uh, I think on on that one. No, the first one. On the second one. On the, the, on the first no, actual no, no. play. No, on the first one. On the first time, it was offsides on right, Shaq Barrett. Right, right. So then you say, then you say to yourself, okay, he's he's you know he's geared up and he's totally he's he's coming after us hard, right? So maybe you say, I'm going to get cute and I'm going to run a screen again. Like just to no, yeah, exactly. So no, what happened on the second time? Chase Claypool got uh, got a penalty for blocking before the pass was completed. So they run it a third time. They run it a third time. They went back to trips. Yeah. So they changed the formation, but they went back to trips and they ran another middle screen to Khalil Herbert the third time in a row on like the uh, from their own five. By the way, five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's like. That's why it was a pick six because he literally caught it at like the two yard line and got pushed in. Like, yeah, he oh, didn't yeah. run. Shaq Barrett didn't run. Yeah, yeah his, <laughs> his teammates basically carried him into the end zone. Yeah, and to seal the game, make it twenty seven seventeen. So that and I, I think that's what the Justin st- Fields, uh, you know, supporters are saying. Sure, sure, but like at the, you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying this, and I don't think I'm ever gonna change my mind on this. I am always willing to hear new information. But I'm sorry, man. If you're the man, you're the man. And if you're Aaron Rodgers without any supporting cast, you should still be. And Aaron Rodgers had a supporting cast. I was going to say. like No, but my point being, I don't care. Like, listen, Justin Fields is going to be up for a contract in a year, right? Like, or I mean, probably because I don't know what's going to happen now because maybe they're not even going to take his option, right? But the point is, is like the, the heap of praise that he's getting from a lot of people is that he's a franchise quarterback. And what a franchise quarterbacks get paid like a quarter of their team's payroll, right? Right. So, you know, 20% quarter of the team's payroll. If you are taking up that much of your team's money, you make everybody around you better. Yeah, 100%. If he's getting that money, he deserves more scrutiny. I just don't think he's going to... I know, but year three is the time. It's it's time. It's like, like, listen, has it happened? Like, look, Geno Smith. Geno Smith had like a resurrection, it looks like. No, I hear you. But But, so what you're saying is you don't even know if they're going to pick up their fifth year, his fifth year option. They're not going to shell out $30 million to him a year if if they're not going to pick up his fifth year option. No, but I'm again, I'm saying it proportionate to what people are calling him. A lot of people feel like he's a franchise quarterback and, oh, he's just surrounded by ineptitude. I'm sorry, man. DJ Moore is a good receiver. Now, I don't. He's a good two. He's a good two. Yeah. I mean, do they. Or is he a good two because he was two yards away from Cole Komet. It's probably a Cole Komet issue more than a DJ Moore. No, we don't know if it's either one of their fault. That's the thing. Like, we don't know. We, but there's no, it, it could be bad coaching. It could be, I mean, it's also one play. Let's not like yeah. overblow it. But yeah. It, but you a know, bad play nonetheless. No, it was a horrible play, but let's, but let's not, let's not overdo it. And again, let's also, who knows? He could, like, I don't know what their, their 
you know, jargon in the huddle is. Like maybe Fields fucked something up in the huddle. I don't know. There's a million different things that could happen there, and I would believe that too. Okay. So again, I'm seeing the gray area though. Okay. So like, I mean, like, there's also like dumb things out there, like clickbaity memes or whatever. You know, like like basically algorithm farming where you post a inflammatory meme so a shitload of people will comment on it. And so then there's this one. There's one one out there from the Bucks game. Like this play was a sack, and it's showing a what appears to be a wide open receiver running down the seam. And yeah, it's probably a throw that should have been a touchdown. Yeah. Um, but again, it's one play. You're pulling one play out of, you know, out of 60 or 70 snaps for him in the game. So I think people just need to stop doing this to, uh, you know, pictures when football is a very fast yeah, and yeah. violent game. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, like fields, probably needs to be able to anticipate that that receiver is going to be very open. You need to play with anticipation. And, and we've seen a lot of quarterbacks that that's, that's their real problem. Right. Right. I don't know, man, for me though, it comes down to he's five and 22. Yeah, and he is five and 22. I'm not trying to defend him too much, but he really doesn't have the room and he doesn't have the coaching. It seems like, and it just, but I, 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 I hear your point. It's Dude. it's the second coach. It's they brought in somebody at least. He has somebody to throw to. Um, but let's like let's think about this though, right? Like, I mean, you could go down the list. Would Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes without Andy Reid? I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced he would. You know, I, I, or let, let me put it this way: I'm not sure he would. I'm not saying like. Yeah, what would Patrick Mahomes be in the Bears' offense? And and for that matter. A lot better, you would think. Oh yeah, I think he would be better. But you know, and that's an extreme example, right? We're going from we're going from the we're going from the top to the bottom, probably in terms of coaching, at least as how things are perceived right right now, right? right? But Tom Brady without Belichick again, like people people are so quick to say now that Belichick is losing again. It's not you know it it's not a perfect comparison. You're talking about seventy year old or how old is Belichick now? Is he seventy? Yeah, he has to be in his seventies. I think he's past. He, or, or like, yeah, he's like 72, 73, something yeah. like that. Belichick is old. The point is, is seventy one. Yep. Okay, seventy one. So you, this whole thing of like Belichick in his early coaching career when he was still figuring stuff out didn't have Brady. This whole time of Belichick, again, you know, I'm saying the game has passed him by. Doesn't have Brady. But what would Belichick have done? Like, why is no one giving credit to Belichick? for what he did with Brady. Would Brady be Brady without Belichick? I'm not convinced he would be. Yeah, so, I don't know why people... I mean, it's decisive, and they just wanted to split him up, but I, I hear you. There's a gray area on that one. I mean, that's the great debate, right? So if there's that debate about Brady and Belichick, which I think, again, there's a gray area on, then there's a gray area when it comes to what would Justin Fields be in the Chiefs' offense? What would he be in the Cowboys' offense? What, you know, like, So, yes, does that have something to do with it? But again, Justin Fields is 5-22, and 22, and... Again, it's it's the same thing for him as it is for uh, for Pickett, right? I mean, right. Pickett, Pickett's actually only a uh, second year, but right, yeah, Pickett's only in his second second year. year. Yep. So the clock, yeah. So the clock is ticking on Justin Fields right yeah. now. Right now, he looks like a guy that uses his feet too much, and once once he can't do that, and if he keeps taking hits, he's not going to be able to do that. He needs to learn now how to throw, how to be a pocket quarterback and a successful pocket quarterback. Or yeah, he's not going to have much of a career. Look, I mean, again, Russell Wilson has lost a step, right? Yes. And, you know, still has a good deep ball, everything. But, like, 
is he a guy that can play with anticipation? Is he a guy that can play without the running game to get outside the pocket? Again, Fields, different animal. He's a bigger quarterback. He can actually see over the line, unlike Wilson. But you know what I mean? Yeah. You mentioned uh, great debate. Uh, we we saw something about oh, and two teams, and which one should uh, you know feel the feel the fire the most? I guess for lack of a better term, uh, who would who are who are you worried about for the teams that are zero and two? <laughs> um. I mean, all of them in the AFC because they're the yeah. I get what you're saying. So, so we got we got Broncos, Vikings, Chargers, Bengals, Bears, and Patriots are all zero and two right now. Now, if you're in the AFC and you're zero and two, yeah, I'm a little worried about you right now. I mean, because just because of the pool, you know, like honestly, the Vikings or the Bears probably have a better shot at the playoffs. Yeah, and they're also in the same division. And and but they're but they're the clearly the two worst teams on that list. Right, right. So it's like, yeah, I get what you're saying. I, I'm looking at it more of a talent level, like we, like I mentioned last episode about, you know, I have more faith in those teams to turn like a Bengals, right? Because the Bengals are you you pulled a, you pulled a stat to me. They're one in seven. Joe Burrow is one in seven in his first two two it, games of yeah. the NFL season in his career. Yeah. So yeah. So he's played eight eight games in the first. You know, yeah, he's played four years. And um, uh, yeah, no, that's that's not good. Uh, but it's. You know the book is out on them that but the they thing, start yeah, slow. It's and, gone better, right? Yeah. Um. You know, for my own selfish reasons, who am I most worried about? Chargers and Bengals, because I was high on both of them. You know, <laughs> um, the Chargers, man. I like they're zero and two, and Justin Herbert's had a chance to win the game both times and hasn't gotten it done. And went, you know, he went. So they're down twenty-four to twenty-one against uh, against the Titans. You know, the Titans benefited from two very questionable personal foul calls on the previous drive to get score the go-ahead touchdown. Jesus Christ, I, I don't even want to get into it. But um, just one where it looked like, yeah, Derwin, it looked like Derwin James was going for the ball. His helmet collided with the receiver. Um, that one, that one maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Again, just to me, didn't look like a dirty hit. You know what I mean? So, like, so I don't think it should be a penalty. If you're going for the ball as a defender, you're going for the ball. And then a roughing the passer, um, which was absolutely ridiculous. Um, like the defender just shoved Ryan Tannehill, and if Ryan Tannehill had like yeah, that one, I, that one was bad. He, he like again, no, no, no contact to the helmet. Yeah, it was didn't just in land the chest. on him. It was in the chest, and I think uh, I think his own O lineman was on the ground, and he rolled up on his O lineman like low. It's just it's just ridiculous. Like the, these, I think if they could do it in a more expedient fashion make all personal fouls reviewable like but but like not listen i don't need a 60 year old man to jog off the field to a a fucking monitor somewhere to go review it we don't need to do that can we just have we have the technology right we have the fucking technology can can they just radio down and be like like hey we're gonna take a look at this real quick stop the game nobody needs to go anywhere stay where you are and then we're gonna review this and say whether it was a personal foul or not because if they wouldn't re- if they wouldn't overturn some of these, then the NFL like has lost me. Yeah, just- you're you're losing me a little bit. I I don't think they're run well enough to you know make that's going to impact the game too much. Like they're in a perfect world, yes, they could radio down really quick and be like, hey, no, that's that's nothing. Don't do that. Or hey, yeah, that should be a penalty. But we know that those are all going to turn into two minute reviews each time i have an i have another solution and i don't think the nfl would like it but we also have it they have the money 
why don't you just have 11 officials and like one official watches every offensive player on the field like like we could do that couldn't we that that way that way you don't like i don't think there's really much excuse what is it seven officials on the field right seven or eight or something i don't know figure it out but i just don't understand like if you just watched every offensive player on the field you would in theory you would catch every foul wouldn't you other than like i guess too many men on the field things like that right i i don't know like the officiating stuff is driving me nuts. But anyway, we were talking about Justin Herbert and how I don't want to say I don't want to say choked yet, but he did drive them down for the game tying field goal. But again, it was a third and three where yeah, did he take did he take a sack or he threw it away? And so the, you know, they kicked the game tying field goal. Then the Chargers get the ball. And I'm sorry, but if you want to be quote unquote elite, then you beat the Dolphins last week when you all you needed was a field goal to win. And then, yeah, you you beat the Titans. I mean, it's the Titans. Yeah, you got to beat the Titans. You got to beat the Titans, and you go over three in overtime, and then the Titans run, yeah, go if, down the field. If you're losing to if Ryan Tannehill's essentially on par with you for the day, and his team's winning, there's something wrong. <laughs> so to answer your question, uh, like I said, for my own selfish reasons, I'm most worried about the Chargers because I thought they were going to turn the corner this year. Yeah, I'm not worried. Of, I'm not worried about the Bengals at all. Kind of like I alluded to, I am worried about the Chargers. Uh, new offensive scheme. You know, Kellen Moore was supposed to be the wonder boy and you know revitalize the offense. And you know, Eckler was out and he's a big piece, so maybe maybe they bounce back. But uh, Joshua Kelly looked good. I mean, uh, I don't think it was necessarily. Um, at the fault of missing Eckler. Uh, I agree with you. I think it's, I think it's the chargers. Also, um, you know, so getting into uh, ridiculous calls, just one, you know, one more, right? Like, like honestly, like we, we can't catch all the ridiculous ones. Like start emailing us with them, please. Uh, just, just personal fouls, like roughing the passer and things like that though. Okay. Um, rough the passer, unnecessary roughness on a quote unquote defenseless receiver. You'll make Tory's day. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, targeting in college, you know, if you think it's ridiculous, you know, and then I will review it and possibly. So, yeah, go ahead. Email, email us with what you think was a ridiculous call. But only personal fouls because these are so impactful, okay? Um, so, anyway. Um, but, yeah, so here was this one in the Cowboys. So, I believe it's 10 to 3 Cowboys. Cowboys driving into Jets territory. Jets break up a third down inside their own 10. And then, oh, it's kind of, oh, never mind. It's going to be an automatic first down because of roughing the passer. They show it. John Franklin Myers just bull rushed straight over the Cowboys tackle and falls into Dak Prescott's knees. That's roughing the passer. It's, the, the, first of all, the lineman grabbed onto him and kind of dragged him down. Right. Second of all, so again, it, I'm sorry. It wasn't. It, it, it wasn't a personal foul. And it was just, it was tough to see. He was going for like his quads too, and it, you're right. He was he was being brought down. It's not like he was targeting at the knee or below the knee. He wasn't trying to tackle there. It's just where his body ended up. You have to you have to let guys play football. Like, listen, there's a there's a if, if there's no it, just like your rule on like uh, you know roughing the kicker and things like that. If he's blocked into him, or if he you know trips over somebody into the kicker, it, like that's it's a different matter. Yes, you have to control your own body, but I'm sorry, like falling into the quarterback's knees. I mean, I saw another one in the just the Bills Raiders, irrelevant game for this this week's purposes. But a Raider defender got called for a hit on Josh Allen, where he just 
like it ended up being a blow to the head, but it was like again, it was a late, it was a late slide by Allen, and, and it's just like if they're not, or, or no, Allen didn't even slide, but it, but it was a, it was a blow to the head, twenty yards downfield. Now I'm sorry, I thought a quarterback was a runner, so you're telling me you're going to give that call to a running back because he hit him in the head? Bullshit! You're not going to give that call to a running back. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. And now I need to find that play. No, like Allen was just, be, Allen was just being. 240-pound Josh Allen. Right. Okay. And got hit by a 200-pound defensive back again. And he get and, and he draws the flag. This is like 20 yards downfield, man. It's tough. As, like, I, I, I again, I'm sorry. I thought a quarterback was a runner once he was a no-shit runner. So he didn't slide, and he got hit in the head. It's just, I don't know. It's just, there's just too many of these calls. There's too many of these calls that are impacting games. Were the Raiders going to win that game? No. But it's going to happen again. Yeah. Yeah, twenty-eight point game, but no, I hear you. Um, all right, that was that was Rich's ref rant. Uh, hang on, let, hang on, Cowboys and Jets game. Let me end on a couple of positives with that one, okay? All right, all right. Uh, not bitching about the refs. So, Cowboys center, and like, man, if ten-year-old Tori could hear this praising the Cowboys, <laughs> like, he would lose his mind. But uh, Tyler Biadas, or I, I think that's how you say his name, he did a better job than I would, dude. This is coaching porn, okay? There was a fumble like 40 yards. This is literally I – would, I would put this up in the film room and be like, guys, this is why you hustle downfield, even though, yeah, our wide receiver is way faster than you. You're not going to catch him. I get it, okay? This is why you hustle after the play, though. I mean, it must have been 30, 40 yards downfield, and I don't know. I don't even know what Cowboys receiver fumble, but Tyler Biotas was running the whole way, and he jumped on that fumble. I just – God, I love that shit. Yeah, I'm sure you're smiling ear to ear. Like, I mean, how do you not? How no, you I'm not, not saying I'm not saying I don't love that. I'm just I know you appreciate it a little more than I do. I mean, it's just fantastic. I, it's, I'm sorry. It's like no, it is. It's great team play. I mean, like that's yeah. yeah. No, I'm. I mean, I'm I'll, not, give, I'll give love to the wide receivers for hustle too. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying. Oh, cool. You know, I like that is that is good. Like it, you're impacting winning in a way that you normally can't, and just and you're doing it by doing the right thing, being at the right place at the right time, and hustling. Yeah, like that's great. Like I want guys like that on my team. So I just I just know that you like it more than me because you're you know. You you love the linemen and I I appreciate that. It's just it's just hustle. Period. It, it, like DK DK Metcalf running down uh, yeah B- Buda Baker and that yeah game. we gave it, Travis Hunter love the other week for that you know chase yeah. down tackle. So it's not just because it's a lineman. It's because it's hustle. Period. I hear you. And then also I like this uh, Sauce Gardner. He didn't he didn't call anybody out with this. He just basically he said that he would like to be because uh, right now he doesn't necessarily always line up on the team's best receiver and basically he just said i would like that responsibility i like that so i i think i'm i'm not i'm not convinced that the jets are done just because Brees hall's comments i weren't I, I wasn't too uh thrilled with him tweeting out four football emojis after only getting four touches um he knew dalvin cook signed i don't know if he thought he was that dalvin cook was just going to get cut as soon as he signed or or what the deal was but I mean, he's also coming off an injury. They're probably trying to manage his touches. Yes, yeah, he should get more than four, but uh, I'm a little bit more. I'm a little bit more uh, tolerant, and I'm not saying it's perfect or anything like that. But again, we just we just talked about this. This is what AJ Brown was pissed off about in the Thursday night game, right? Like, throw me the damn ball, right? If you think you can do more to help the team win, do I think you should air it out on social media? No, and do I think it's helpful in a like a 
I don't know. You need to you need to stay calm, right? And so, and like, it's it's just the perfect time to not do that when you just lose your quarterback and you're trying to stay together as a unit. And this is like the first, you know, crack in the armor type of thing. I think. I I don't I don't really see it that way. I don't think anybody's coming into the that meeting room this week, uh, you know, like giving him a side eye or anything. Like he was pissed off. He was emotional right after the game. Do you need to be more calm than that? Sure, but I I just. I don't really see this. Yeah, we'll as see a, if it goes forward. I mean, if he continues to be this way, it's going to be a problem. If if the team that beat the Bills keeps showing up, that defense, and obviously I want to be right. Of course I do. With a game manager at quarterback, whether they go with some other option out there, freaking people are throwing around Cam Newton and shit like that. Good, Colin, good Lord. Colin Kaepernick's throwing his name out there. I don't. I don't think he's that bad. I mean, Wilson just started taking first team reps again. Let's like let's give him a little bit of time. You know, if you if you want to bring in a Colt McCoy, maybe as a guy as like an insurance policy. I mean, Colt McCoy can win you games. Like maybe not for a long time. He's limited, obviously, but I don't know. Colt McC- out of the out of the scrap heap, Colt McCoy would probably be my choice. I don't know about you, but uh, yeah, I mean, if we're not counting Tom Brady, who do you have like Carson Wentz out there? Who else? You yeah, got? I'm all set with Carson Wentz. What a fall off. What a fall off for Carson Wentz. But that's a that's a story for another, it's mind another day. I mean, it's like RG3 and him. What other quarterbacks have had like the Yeah. But anyway. Um so all right, let's 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 wrap up NFL. Let's go to college football recap real quick. Yeah, just real, real quick. Um, like we said, uh not not the most thrilling games in the in the week, but uh, there, there were some upsets. Uh, I promised you that on on the last show that there would be an upset and and we would talk about it. So let me, let me do that really quick. Uh, Missouri upsets uh, Kentucky last second field goal, sixty uh, one yard field goal. Uh, what what's this kid's name here? Let me let me get it. Mevis, right? Yeah, Mevis. So it shouldn't have been a sixty one yard field goal, Tori. It shouldn't have been. There's no reason it should have been a 50 or 61 yard field goal. It should have been a 56 yard field goal. So you actually watched this game, right? I did. I, I was watching so t- it. So take me through how the del- so it was a delay. I, game? I can't take you through it. It, it, <laughs> it was a it was a delay of game and it was mind boggling. I do not understand what happened. the The ESPN, I think it was ESPN, uh, camera was was fixated on the on the Kentucky coach, and um, they spiked the ball. There's there's say like seven seconds left. So yeah, it's a 56 yard field goal. So that's what 39 yard line. What happened the play before? Was it like a 30 yard completion? Anything like that? I, I can't recall. It, it was an, it was a completion. It was probably a chunk play like 12, 15. I don't think it was like a, it, it was yards, but it wasn't like a crazy big play. Uh, okay. So They're, they were moving down the field a little bit and they knew that they were about to, you know, they spiked the ball and the Missouri players are out on the sideline like talking to the special team coach kind of huddled up by the sideline and the the camera the ESPN camera is on the Kentucky coach and he's freaking out and I don't know if he I think he was like pretending like he was freaking out their their defense was on the field and all of a sudden the Missouri coach comes in and there's like 10 there's like seven seven seconds left and they're on the sidelines there's no way they're going to snap it and they run to try to go snap the ball and they obviously don't get it off in time and i'm just like what is going on how poor like time management like it's a dead ball you're not calling so the play this- you're you're kicking a game winning field goal here yeah so i wonder was there was there a debate over whether they were going to run another play or no, not no there or- wasn't 
there wasn't, or actually, there might have been. There, there were seven seconds left. I think they did run one. They tried to run a quick out, I think, and it was batted down at the at the line of scrimmage, and then they had to then they had to go for the sixty one yarder, which the kid, uh, thicker kicker, is his yeah. nickname because he's a he's a big boy. Uh, he he nailed it, and it was it was. I don't know. Like I, I like to see the upset, but like they don't, they didn't deserve to win because of that. In my mind, <laughs> I would like to. I would also like to know. Like, I wonder if it was like the kicker's fault. Like he was like, like oh shit, man! I thought we were running another play. And no, then, like, he was. He was out there. He like, was ready. He yeah. was ready. Okay, so he wasn't out on the field, but he was on the. He was in the huddle. It would just I, be. I, I would, don't know. I think. I think the Kentucky coach was almost baiting him, like he was going to call a timeout or something, and it was like the standoff, or it was. A, it was a weird situation. Yeah, I, I just want like it would be a funny narrative if like if he if he booted it even harder just because like because like like oh I fucked up I have to make this yeah like you remember a few years ago uh, I think it was Jake Elliott's rookie year and Jason Peters just came over like I think it was mic'd up. He was like, "You better make this fucking kick." <laughs> like, he's like, "I'm gonna murder no, I you." That one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then, and then he, and then he boomed a. I think it was a 60 yard field goal to beat the Giants. It was like week one of a few years ago. But, um, and surprisingly, not the only kicker that we have uh, to talk about. So, you know, we we already talked Colorado, Colorado State. But I just I gotta I gotta mention the old man in college football since I was sort of that guy at one time. Um, yeah. So, sorry, Jordan. Uh, Jordan. Jordan Noyes, yeah, um, but he's, but so he's a British guy, at least graduated high school in England, and he's thirty one years old, has three kids. I cannot be, imagine playing college football in f- five years from now. <laughs> that's a, that's kind of closer to four, but like still, yeah, man. Uh, you know, I I I considered. Yeah, I'm gonna sound like a real tool here. I consider, <laughs> but I, I did consider walking on at UNLV when I was like twenty nine, thirty. Just to say I did it, basically. I mean, you know, just to get the shit, shit beat out of me, you know, for one year. Um, ended up going the MMA route there instead. But um, I don't know. There were just a couple of you, funny. You could have. UNLV just beat a SEC school. They did, how did I forget about that? Yeah. No, dude, that game was crazy. Vanderbilt, 40-37. Did you? Yeah, but did you see it? No. So, like, there's like a, a little over a minute left, and the UNLV quarterback threw. It was 37-37. UNLV quarterback threw a pick deep in their own territory. Really? Vanderbilt runs it down, misses a field goal. Then there's like, I don't know, like 23 seconds left. Somehow UNLV gets in field goal range and, and boots the winning field goal. Like, hey, that program might be on its way up. I don't know. Like Vanderbilt's a, you know, they're the SEC whipping boy. But yeah, still- I mean, I, 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 I'll let you know. I'm going to Nashville this weekend. I'll, I'll let you know <laughs> if their stadium's done. I don't know if you if you're in the know. Like they've hosted a game or two, and legitimate cranes in the back, like the stadium is open like it's under construction and like uh there's a meme going around like you know you, if you kick the field goal it has to go through the cranes or something because like it's it's just the backdrop is is construction they're literally playing in a construction site right now while they redo their stadium bizarre um well yeah uh, that game wasn't you know i wonder if that's actually part of what's turning things around for unlv because so you know uh, for if you're listening for the first time i lived in las vegas and i went to a I went to a, either one or two games. I can't even remember right now, but I, I went to at least one game at Sam Boyd Stadium, which is nowhere near the Strip. It's it's actually in Henderson, southeast of okay. Vegas. And it's like, like, why would you make like no? And nobody comes out for it. It's too far away, right? And like, and you know, and they're not, you know, they're not a good program anyway, right? And uh, so anyway, so 
So now they're right off the strip, and I, you know, and in Allegiant Stadium, the sorry, it's Allegiant, right? Is the Raiders yeah, Stadium? Yeah, so yeah. they're in the same stadium as the Raiders. They're right off the strip. Um, the traffic must be absolute hell there now in that area. But um, yeah, so I wonder if that's actually going to help them with recruiting. Just to, like I don't know. I mean, you're in the. I mean, UNLV had a solid basketball program for a while, and that was right off the strip. So when I was in Vegas, I saw. A billboard that was two summers ago. I saw a bill. I think it was like Alabama football or something. It was weird. It was a power program. I forget who it was. And I was like, why? It wasn't a Western program. I was like, why are they renting a billboard in the Vegas Strip? I oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I, I couldn't tell you, man. All I know is, but I mean, just think about like how important like atmosphere and everything is, and like. If you, I can't even explain what Samboyne Stadium is. It's like it's in like the middle of nowhere. I think I played in, in it in like NCAA fourteen. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and it probably doesn't really give you the picture of like what you know what it's surrounded by, which is pretty much nothing. And um, I don't know, man. Like it just couldn't have been for good for recruiting, and like you didn't have the student section atmosphere. I mean, students can't afford it. It was literally like a 25, 30 minute ride. Right, right. Yeah, that's a that's like, a long way to highway, go. And they probably highway. don't have shuttles yeah. going to the game. That's I mean, they probably had some, but like, you know, probably not enough. Right. Um or maybe too many considering nobody went. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, you know, I was too old. Like I had my own car and a job and stuff, so I didn't have to worry about such things. And I tried not to talk to nineteen year olds too often. But that's yeah. fair. Um Anyway, so we were uh, Jesus. Where were we? We were talking, you know, just a so, quick recap co- on yeah, quick on recap scene. of college football though. So UNLV, obviously, the lead on college football is that UNLV one, right? Yeah, of but, course. Um, no, so there were you know there's a couple of rivalry games, a couple of really, um, but other than that, also like some some trap games. It felt like again we talked about it was a kind of lackluster slate this week, and really next week is going to be crazy. Obviously, we'll talk about that more later this week, but man. Um, you know, Florida State almost gets taken down by BC. I mean, so you yeah. ma- you mentioned this like it's it's a little it gets crazy at BC on Friday and Saturday nights. Uh, Friday nights typically is is when they get them. Um, it's usually either Florida State or Clemson. But this was the Red Bandana game, uh, honoring the uh, BC alum who oh who died in, the, in the World Trade Center. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. I know that La- story. Lacrosse player, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I think that's usually kind of a tough game too for, it's weird how these games can kind of build their own like momentum and, and kind of environment. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they had them right down to the wire, 31, 29, two point game, Florida state was double digit favorite. I I don't have the line in front of me, but I know they were a double digit favorite. Um, first time they haven't looked great, but you know, it's a conference opponent and it's, uh, you know, it's a familiar opponent right yeah well if you survive you survive right um, uh texas wyoming that one there's no <laughs> I, I don't know the excuse there because it was 10 10 going into the fourth quarter it's it's a letdown after bama that's obviously the narrative right but 10 10 going into the fourth quarter yes they put up 21 in the in the fourth and you know won by 21 points held wyoming scoreless to win 31 10 but man i mean uh texas was back and then Texas had you nervous for 45 minute, 45 game time minutes, which is not a good thing when you're playing Wyoming. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you know, I kind of brought up, like, the, you know, could it be a trap game? You know, like, you know, so FSU had Clemson coming up. You mentioned the other factor. You know, it's just a tough game in BC, right? Wyoming, hard to explain. But 
Texas had Baylor coming up. Baylor not great, but in-state rivalry. Rival. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe looking ahead a little bit, maybe also just reading their own press clippings after beating Alabama. And speaking of Alabama, 17-3, to playing around with South Florida all day. So you mentioned uh, the Lightning with Notre Dame last week. I, that's what I figured was going to happen here. South Florida had a 3 nothing lead. They went into a Lightning delay. And I was like, all right, Bama's going to – Nick Saban's going to eat into them, and it'll get right. It never really got right. I mean, they won 17-3, to but it was ugly. Um. I think I'm being what's, too nice. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. What's going on with this quarterback? Five to fourteen. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I so, so hand but, up, hand up. Uh, <laughs> I I said Bama minus thirty three or thirty four, whatever it was. This was their get right game. Like, yeah, like that's traditional Nick Saban. Like he was gonna have them. He was gonna feed them the rat poison all week and tell them how bad they were. And you know, a quarterback change to motivate them as well. And Man, now now it's it's an open competition again because they benched they benched their quarterback they they benched uh, Butchner, but, Buckner Buckner yeah. and uh, they might they pi- they might put Milrow back in and they have another quarterback that they might play as well so who knows what's going on in Tuscaloosa yeah right the now. third quarterback came in to, when and, it was three to three and he's not a passer either that's the thing um, I mean I saw he had like one nice pass to a tight end down the seam or yeah something. traditionally like, not like an accurate yeah, passer gotcha well um, and you know to that point you know were they looking ahead uh, to hosting Ole Miss next week uh, or, or this you know this coming weekend I don't know uh, one team that does not have trap game is an excuse number 11 Tennessee comes in um, yeah in, into the swamp to play Florida and but we we talked about how bad Florida looked in that week one game against Utah and you know, yeah, maybe. So a hand up I, again. Maybe you were right because I was <laughs> all over. I said, this is Tennessee easy. You know, they won last week. So I knew Tennessee had uh, had trouble with an FCS opponent the week before, but that's how low I was on Florida. Yeah. I was. It was like a one-possession game going into the second half for Tennessee against uh, Austin P. Austin P. yeah. Yeah, I thought it was PV. <laughs> yeah, Austin um, P. yeah. Uh, but that's just how low I was on Florida, and, and I hey, good for them. They they proved me wrong this week, and uh, you know that's a great rivalry game. Um, yeah, and what is so? But uh, yeah, the end of that game was was pretty ugly, though. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and, and you know I can't take too much credit on Florida either. I I think I did a classic fence sit and just said. You know they were so bad in that Utah game that I don't know how they could be any worse. So it's got to be only, it's got to only be up from here. But it I didn't was think true. They were, yeah, I didn't. I mean, I didn't think they were necessarily necessarily taking out number eleven Tennessee. But um, you know that's SEC football for you. And then little little dust up Southern brawl. A little a little Donnybrook at the end of the game there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, Tennessee coach calls a timeout with like the clock running out and in a, a two score game. And these teams hate each other to begin with. And, uh, yeah, that's that's all you need. And then they go to kind of run out the clock by not kneeling it because now they're going to run. They weren't, you know, trying to run a play. They were just trying to milk the clock. Yeah, he ran to the right and tried and to then, take uh, a few seconds off the clock. And, and then some line – I think it was the linemen really were the ones that kind of started it. One pushed another, and then one just, you know, put his hands right up. I mean, it seemed like 100% uh, on Tennessee, just a frustration thing. And then, <laughs> and then yeah – well, it was, and then Florida's like, "Hey, while we're here, we already beat you. Might as well beat you up too." Looks like a Florida, a Florida lineman is squaring up with a, you know, a Tennessee defensive back or something, linebacker maybe. I don't know, but Florida man beats up Tennessee volunteer. <laughs> I mean, I was just looking at the Tennessee guy, and I like, 
I admit my first instinct was like, dude, get your hands up. Then I was like, you're wearing a helmet. So why are you, <laughs> why are you guys squaring up? This is so dumb. Anyway. Um, so, uh, all that being said, all that, uh, all that violence and nastiness <laughs> aside. So let's, uh, I don't know. Let's, let's wrap this thing up. What do you, what do you think, Lawson? Yeah, here we are again at, a, at an hour and a half. We just, we just have too much to talk about. We're just, uh, setting a PR every, every, uh, <laughs> yeah, <that's what> <laughs> every time we do this. Yeah. I don't know if we, like, we should be trying to trim this down or what, but, uh, Dude, I don't know. Let us it, know. Like, are you yeah, actually right? listening right now? If you are, you probably you're either dedicated to us or you actually like it. So uh, let us know. Yeah. Or yeah, please give us give us feedback. We're we're for it. You know what I mean? I mean, helpful feedback. You know, like you suck isn't really helpful, but I don't think we suck. Uh, you know. So anyway, we well, might. <laughs> we, I mean, <laughs> we might. We might at times. Again, everything's on a spectrum, right? Um, but uh, also let us know if you like the the thing at the end where we we go through because we're well-rounded people and we like to have a little bit of a you know break from just sports talk yeah yeah we you know we're, we're we're not we're not just sports guys i mean i mean jesus i'm you know i guess i'm the editor of the bennington banner now I like, yeah you're my boss so, how did that happen uh, yeah right uh, <laughs> even though you taught me like half of what i know about running a paper um anyway so uh every day is a holiday and uh, every day is an important day in history, and so like the well-rounded beings that we are, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Yeah, you let know, me not talk it. about history, but let me talk about what day it is. It's uh, so it's now September nineteenth because we like to go long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's talk like a pirate day. Happy talk like a pirate day. Yar. Yeah, <laughs> uh, mighty. Scurvy, yeah, favorite pirate. Dog. Favorite pirate. Jack Sparrow. That's uh, he's your favorite pirate. Um, I don't. I mean, I'm probably gonna have to go with like, uh, you know, One-Eyed Willie, you know, and the and the Goonies. Yeah. S- close second for me is the SpongeBob pirate that uh, he sometimes he's in character like a wait the cartoon. guy that sings the song like no th- th- he's a pirate as well but he's he's the uh, number one SpongeBob fan he's he's like the president of the fan club he's mostly a cartoon but he actually has like he's creepy when he's like in the live person. Hmm. I like him in cartoon, don't like him in live person. Not 100% familiar. Um, honorable mention to Steve the Pirate from Dodgeball. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good pull. <laughs> um, and so September 19th, today in history, uh, in 1957 was the first underground nuclear test in Nevada, which is, uh, and it was only 65 miles from Las Vegas. That explains some things. Uh, so it was. Pro- I, so you're saying I, it was, uh, what's UNLV's stadium name again? Uh, Sam Boyd. Uh, so I, I, the test site is north of Las Vegas. I Sam know. Boyd's kind of southeast. Kidding. I'm but, kidding. Uh, uh, no, man. There's probably you know, uh, again, like Las Vegas would be like the perfect place to test um, if the if the government had a zombie weapon, like to turn people into zombies. Las Vegas would be the place to test it because there is nothing around Las Vegas and Henderson for a, a good hundred, two hundred miles, other than like. Pahrump, which is like a town of like 2,000 people or something. And then you get so, to the dam, right? Um, yeah, the dam's like, what, like half an hour south, like on the... Okay, um, so it's south, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, so point being, yeah, there's not a whole lot around, and so that's obviously why they tested that there. But, I, you know, I think that, you know, they say none of the radiation got out. I, I don't buy that. I, I'm, I'm fairly certain there's some Hills of Eyes shit going on outside of Las Vegas, so... And uh, just a side note, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but um, Barbie is definitely the movie of the summer because Oppenheimer sucked. 
and I, I wanted to see Oppenheimer. Okay. So uh, on brand for me, haven't seen either. Um, yeah, fair enough. Um, you don't need to see Oppenheimer cause it's just three hours and it's, it's a tractor pull, man. It's, it, it takes way too long to convey. Yeah, that's, a, that's a little long for me. And I'm, dude, I'm telling you like, uh, it, no, my wife fell asleep. And I don't even blame her. You know, she falls asleep in like all movies, but like, yeah. but not at the movies because right, like right. We're, we're too cheap for that. We're like, like I'm not like I'm not gonna waste the money. You know. Yeah. You know what I mean? We, I don't know. We we don't we don't go to the movies very often either. So yeah. So it's an experience. We were excited, you know, and yeah, like the Bennington Theater is pretty cool now. Um, they got like the the luxury chairs and everything. But anyway, it was just like I'm, I'll be the first person to to. That's dis- why she fell asleep. Uh, the luxury chairs. Uh, probably actually, good point, but um. I don't know, man. Just as far as the movie goes, like I'll be the first one to destroy Hollywood for being historically inaccurate and leaving out context and things like that. It's like, this is the this is the one movie I saw. I was like, you could have. I cut it out. You could have <laughs> cut that part. Um, just saying, yeah, like we don't need to watch him stare off into space for you know a good ninety seconds. So just we don't need to do that. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> so also uh, we're really on the nuclear theme right now. Um, so, uh, Soviet leader Nikita Khrushchev in 1959. I think I'm going to write a story about this for Sandbox News, by the way, our other employer, for those of you listening. <laughs> our third, Jesus Christ, you spend way too much time with me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Th- or three for three. <laughs> yeah, I'm really sorry, dude. I, I apologize. I don't know how you do it. That's fun. Casey it's doesn't fun. know how you do it either. So, yeah, Nikita Khrushchev, 1959. Um, it, this couldn't have been good for the Cold War cause for the Soviet Union. He 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 threw a tantrum because he wasn't allowed at Disneyland. He he visited the United States for some you know for some peace talks. He was going like coast to coast for two weeks. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and he was not very peaceful the whole time. And you know he the, met up with Frank Sinatra. It's just it's a wild story. Uh, yeah. So I I need to write this one up. I'm sure it's on one of the military sites somewhere. But if it's not, maybe I'll be the first. I don't know. I'm writing it though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> September 20th is natu- National Punch Day. So like the, the drink, not like don't punch anybody. You don't know. I mean, no, I, I, I looked it up. I saw it. Oh, I, okay, I know. <laughs> um, just reminds me of Kool-Aid Man. It's just like, what oh, a, yeah. Yeah, just bursting. Like I can just picture him bursting through that wall right there right now. I think that's one of my favorite memes is when the three little pigs are, are hiding from the big bad wolf in the stone house is like and shit just got real <laughs> the, the wolf is paying the kool-aid man yeah, yeah. now, now I'm gonna you know post, it's going down now i'm gonna post that one to our socials because yeah just just to say this is the one i was referencing um huge one for sports man uh 1973 september 20th 1973 billy jean king won the quote-unquote battle of the sexes she beat 55 year old bobby riggs in a tennis match Freaking waxed him too. Six four, six four, six three. Yeah, fifty years ago. Um, Billie Jean King actually like pretty interesting. Has some ties kind of to the area uh, of her mom, but um, she started the PWHL, I believe, is is what it's called, the new professional women's hockey league. And uh, like a local woman, uh, Daniel Marmer, she used to she played for BBA, Burn Burton, uh, hockey for a year, and then she went prep. Um, she's the general manager, and it's like they're, they're doing original six teams, which is pretty cool. Uh, I'm trying to get a story on, on Dude, her. Can we, can we get Billie Jean King on the show? I mean, we like let's definitely go for Daniel Marmer, but can we can we get Billie Jean King on the show? Because I think one that would to be two to three to five, uh, it's like eight strings pulled, but maybe like, pull those strings, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we are working on some guests, so we, we got some good stuff coming up for you guys. Um, all in the 
preliminary stages, just like the PWHL is. But hey, yeah, yeah, knows? Punch Day might be a good little tease to that. We might have a might have a fighter on pretty soon. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've got a few uh, few fighter connections myself. We'll we'll have somebody on eventually. Um, September twenty first, World Mini Golf Day. Uh, you you like mini golf? Like, of course. I like. Who does? I mean, how do you not like mini golf? I, I, I mean, think I don't know if I want to associate with you if you don't like mini golf. And that that wasn't a question for you. Like, if we should like end this podcast <laughs> and I should quit my <laughs> other job and maybe you know quit the banner as well or whatever. Whoa. Um, no, I'm kidding. But no, if you don't like mini golf, there's something wrong with you. I at least don't want to hang out with you in my free time. Uh, but yeah, no, I just came back from Arizona over the summer uh, last month, and I went to Tiger Woods. Uh, t- Top golf? No, not top golf. No, top golf's a different thing, which is also cool. Stroke, pop stroke, pop stroke, pop, oh, okay. pop stroke. He uh, created two 18 hole courses of mini golf. And one of them is like the very hard, very difficult course. It has like pitch and like, you know. Oh, you got to read the green. You and do. Stuff. You do. It oh, breaks shit. a lot. Okay. And there's little like bunkers. They're not sand, but, you know, it, it, it was cool. Like, if you ever want to go to mini, they have them in Florida as well. I think they're starting to pop up a little bit. Did you play all 36? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jenna, my girlfriend, she beat me in the difficult course. We played that first. She got a hole in one on one of them. Oh, snap. Is I, she, beat, I mean, is she a golfer? No, no, no. No, no. And she's still. But then her. I beat her in the second one. I got a hole in one on the easy course where the kids were playing. <laughs> <laughs> so, like. So on the on the uh, on the easy one was it like windmills and all the traditional? No, it was like, it was still like a golf course like atmosphere. Like they had towels on the turns. Like it, it was like you were at a golf course. Oh, was it like ball washers and like? Yeah, like, it was legit. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. It was cool. Cool. Big cool. mini golf guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, we need. We, yeah, we need. We have a sunset playland here, but it doesn't. I don't think I've had mini golf. Yeah, I've never played mini golf around here. We got to sometime. Yeah, I, I'm I'm down definitely. Um, just says, uh, so yeah, history, 1780, this was the day that Benedict Arnold, I guess, officially betrayed the United States. Boo. Um, yeah, boo, everyone boo Benedict Arnold. He, uh, apparently he got passed, so the, you know, the very brief story on Benedict Arnold, he got passed over for promotion a few times, he got, he got salty about it, and then he became, he was in charge of West Point. And then he was going to hand over West Point to the British after he made a deal with uh, British Major John Andre, and the British were offering him all sorts of riches and, you know, a, a higher position. I think he did get promoted to general once, because I think he was a colonel when he betrayed us. Unbelievable. And, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and you know what? You know, to bring everything full circle, karma, karma kind of bit him in the ass, too. He died 1801 and uh, didn't get he moved back to England but he didn't get any of the shit that England promised him so he lived in New England I was just making sure he didn't live in Boston um he lived in Connecticut but uh oh no he moved to England England oh, like oh okay old England <laughs> I was like you know Boston Tea Party like we can't be having that around no 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 oh yeah I don't think that would have gone over well no um, and, uh, and last but not least uh since we're you know since we're talking about cheerful things like nuclear war um 1942 traitors and traitors <laughs> but uh, yeah this has nothing to do with uh with traitors though but nuclear war for sure uh the first b-29 took flight in seattle in 1942 that is of course the aircraft that dropped the nuclear bombs on japan and uh that, that makes kind of that kind of makes sense right because like seattle's like boeing territory right like, i and, believe and big so and, and that might actually be yeah, that that's what the that's B- why it was it yeah. flew out of Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Alex would be ashamed of me for not knowing for sure. That's <laughs> and l- let me flip the the vibes a little quick. Also, September twenty first. It's it also just happens to be International Day of Peace, which uh, <laughs> kind of. Oh, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, it just says uh, let there be peace by making the world a better and more sustainable place for all. So I think that's a good place to close on. Absolutely, and so, also. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. No, I just. Uh, kind of calling out that we're, we're we're changing up the recording days we're doing you know we're recording monday thursday now and we'll get the podcast out tuesday friday so uh we have a quicker recap on on nfl and uh it makes more sense with the college football previews you can actually listen to it uh before saturday before the games actually kick off yep um so yeah so uh generally moving to the monday thursday schedule um of course as we say that mike is uh, going to Nashville, so we're going to do a, uh, it's going to be a truncated episode um, that'll drop probably uh, late Friday night, early Saturday. Um, that one will be a little bit shorter, but we want to make sure we at least put something out, and then everything will be back to normal on Monday. Um, I just want to say that uh, everybody, if, if you're still listening now, I probably should have said this at the top of the episode, but thank you to everybody that yeah, is supporting seriously. us, um, just listening to us run our mouths. Um, like I said, you know, like I say this at the end of every show, and I mean it. It's only going to keep getting better. I feel like it has. Um, yeah, and it's cool to get feedback. So please keep on telling us what you think about the show, what we're doing well, what we're not doing well, and yeah. you know, yeah. Um, yeah. So give us the give us the feedback. Thank you to all the listeners. One of the, since uh, at this time, at least I'd say about half of our listener base knows what I'm talking about. Thank you to Cat TV for giving us the equipment for this, uh, the podcast equipment. Yeah, they've been awesome. Um, I don't even know how much it costs, um, but it cost us nothing to use it, which is very cool of them. Um, and also, they, they'll they'll uh, rent it out to you if you want to start your own podcast as well. Um, thank you to Acast for being our hosts um, and. Uh, yeah, just I'm feeling very grateful. Heart is full, all that stuff. So yeah, next time I uh, talk to you guys, I will be in Nashville. <laughs> and uh, all right, well, thank you for listening, and it's only going to get better. See you.